For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Yeah. I love my HBCU And boy I love it, love it I love it, love it I love my HBCU And man I hope my team they won one I hope my team they won one Yeah, man I hope my team they won one I hope my team they won one Yeah, I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab To see if my team won a loss If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth But if they won, she's tired uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about talkin Mike and Charles, talk. they know what they be talking about yeah. talkin They compress the analytic data with your hip-hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock yeah. And who the ball, who the ball so listen to Professor yes, sir, yes, and pay attention because he going to teach a lesson. All right, now. Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. I'm on, a, on assignment as well, but I'm here in MEAC country. That's Norfolk, Virginia, for the 2022 MEAC Football Media Day. But I have with me, as always, Charles Bishop, star of the Cajun. Look at Charles looking all swell, man. I, I mean, I swear you have lost the weight, but I don't put that on you. But you're looking good, right? I appreciate that, Doc. I'm uh, 30 pounds down thus far. We're working to get a little bit more off. But uh, shout out to my trainer, man. You see me getting it in every morning over there at Texas Southern. Uh, we're putting in 90 minutes of work, and it's hard work. So uh, uh, we hit a goal today. That was a big goal. Yeah, that's huge. Congratulations on that. That's significant for all those over there that out there that are watching the health, taking care of getting their workout in. We salute you, along with Charles. I'm getting mine in, but I need to get back in there. I think I dropped me another 10 pounds, too. I've dropped some over the COVID. Now it's time to go back to work and see if I can drop some more. A.G. Drew is one of those blessed folks with those jeans over there. You know, <laughs> we don't have to pack on the pounds for him. Hey, Doc. show, A.G. Drew. How you doing? Doc, let me tell you about my weight, my weight story. I went to the doctor last week. I, uh I've got a CDL, so I have to take an annual physical to uh, maintain my uh, CDL with uh, my, my DOT physical. But that just happened to also be the same day as I had to go to my regular doctor. I went, took my CDL physical. You know, they did my weight, did my blood pressure. Two hours later, I went to my doctor. In the meantime, <laughs> I have eaten and everything. <laughs> oh no, no! Listen, check this out it. though. I ate. I'm three pounds lighter when I go to my regular doctor from when I went to the doctor the first time, but my blood pressure was high because I ate. Oh wow! Yeah, you ate the wrong. You ate the wrong thing for sure. <laughs> nah, nah, that can't do that, man. You got to fast the day before at least get the cheat code. <laughs> no, I mean it. It was. It was. It was within range, but it was no. Like, you. I mean, that, we, my, my at, pressure, we know you. My pressure was okay, high. We just telling you, you know, for folks us like us that trying to struggle over here, we know the rules are engaged. We telling you, <laughs> you know, with that being said, you know, you see the bay over there. If you look close enough, you might you might see a little bit of Hampton over there on the other side of the bay, if you would, uh, you know, with the buildings and things of that nature. But in all seriousness, welcome to episode 283 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab. And I said, say, 286 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the uh, sports yeah, with, uh, all things HBC sports for institutions large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. 
with an HBCU pedagogical perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavila, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, that's Ralph Cooper, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Obviously, I told you I'm not in the home studio, as you see in the back. We're giving you a little glimpse of the bay out there. Yes, yes. Yeah, I had to fly in to Baltimore, Morgan State, caught the plane, caught Coach Wilson, uh, made sure that I caught the ride over here with him. So I had good dialogue with him in terms of what he's doing and building that program. Great insight. Uh, he's ready to go. He's got some good things. Those players are ready to fight for him. We'll see what it means this season. He's already in the mode of making a difference at Morgan State University. I've told everybody, listen to me, I think it's a great hire. We'll see what that means moving forward. But I got me a little crab cake for breakfast this morning. With the <laughs> Benedict and all that. I said, oh, yeah, I'm in Baltimore. I need to do what they do. So that was pretty good. Then I got me some seafood already here in Norfolk. Not heavy now. Y'all don't take me too bad. It's not heavy. But yeah, it was good. Mm -hmm. It was good. So they've been taking care of me in terms of the MIAC. Man, y'all check out the media day tomorrow. They have pulled no uh, recourse in terms of what they're going to do. They they spent a little bit of money. It's looking good. Check me out on Instagram. I'll give you some backdrops and vaccines as they get going. Coaches fired up, saw him at a little bit of the lunch in the day, talked to him about that. Uh, John Grant here is executive director of Celebration Bowl in terms of making sure the trophy is here. So we'll see what that looks like. We'll give you a little bit of tidbit as we get into it, our thoughts on the breakdown, predicted order of finish, see what people think. We'll do that a little later in the show. But with that saying, today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab, by THG Agency, THG is a company that provides sporting and education consulting and data analytics. As we get into it, we'll stretch out some news of the day. We'll start with you, Charles. What's some news of the day that has interest of your mind right now? Yeah, well, let's take a look at it as uh, two HBC legends. They take one step closer uh, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and this comes to us via HBCU Game Day. But uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced their finalists in the senior division uh, today, and that class includes Ken Riley of Florida AM and Everson Walls of Grambling State University. So, a uh, shout out to, uh, to the Florida AM contingent and the Grambling contingent, and two of their own are now getting the opportunity to progress uh, in terms of uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement. But uh, two of the greats who ever did the Ken Riley from Florida AM and Everson Walls from Grambling State University. Yeah, I need that in my life. Dallas Cowboy, Everson Walls, although I don't necessarily mess with the NFL anymore, obviously. Ken Riley, Cincinnati, Rattlers. Man, I need that in my life. I need those folks to get in there. I need they to get in there. That's that's big time. Well, you know, uh, and, and, and Ralph Cooper did point this out, you know, in terms of the omissions going forward. Uh, Otis Taylor. Uh, yeah, I, 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 forward. I, I'm disappointed, Otis Taylor. Yeah. Lloyd Wells up. as well, yeah. Lloyd Wells is amazing when you talk about what he did, Texas Southern University, uh, yeah, Otis Taylor in terms of Prairie View. I still think the Otis Taylor, because of his health, which is sad, they still should find a way to do what they need to do. I don't think he will get in until posthumously, which is amazing that you even hold somebody out because you think they're not well enough to be there. What's the difference? You're going to bring their family one way or the other. And there's no doubt by anybody that's connected to the NFL that he should be in there. People know that. So that's crazy. But, yeah, I'm glad that you did spotlight those admissions. Lord Wells, you're going to celebrate the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of uh, the connection, in terms of what that meant, in terms of the early days of those recruiters specifically of changing the game, really, with HBCU fans. You got to understand Lord Wells and what he did, particularly with the AFL, which uh, – Ultimate comes to AFC a lot of ways with Kansas State. Some of those stories there are just are stories of legends, which means amazing. You should be in the Hall of Fame. So that's yeah. another story for another day in terms of what that looks like. Let me go to Drew, get one of his stories out here before we get into our, our first break. Um, Dr. Cavill, uh, you know I got to go off script with my uh, 
with my story. Got to get away from football for a hot minute. I received this email about a, about 90 minutes before we uh, came on the air. This is from Steelman College Sports Information Director Chris Meganson. Mm-hmm. Steelman College has been named the NAIA Champions of Character five-star silver award winner for the 21-22 uh, awesome. academic year. The national office announced today it is still the second car- champions of character five-star recognition. They earned bronze in the 1920 season. And the civil award is presented to institutions who score between a 75 and 89 on their champions of character scorecard. Each year, the NAIA presents the award to member institutions based on the champions scorecard, which includes points for character training, conduct and competition, academic focus, character recognition, and character promotions. Institutions also earn points based on exceptional student-athlete grade point averages and by having minimal to no ejections during competition during the course of the academic year. There were 157 total uh, recipients for the 21-22 season. That's gold, silver, and bronze uh, Award winners. And Steelman was one of six institutions in the Southern State Conference to receive uh, recognition on one of those three levels gold, silver, or bronze. Well done. Well done. Kudos to Steelman College as they get it done. That's big accolades. Before we take this first break, let me get in here and say hello to the lab listeners out there. Ricky Burton says, We in the lab, baby. Yes, yes. Chuck Hunter's out here. Talking about uh, kudos to you, Charles. Uh, he's checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. He said, I checked my blood pressure today. He's on it as well. Big time. Good getting done. Jeepoo Holly. Evening, gents and lab rats. <laughs> Edwin Dwight Moore. Good evening, Dean, Professor, and Drew. That's it. I'm back in the lab from the Big D in the Bluff. All right. As the Jaguars in session for our national conference, go Jags. Jag folks are a little excited. I, I see they believe what they're doing there. Okay, we'll see that. Wildmire, Will, Marceline, Flowboat, Florida Memorial House, getting ready for that big game with Edward Waters to kick off the season. That one should be good. Herbert Bolden says, yo, fellas. Herbert Doc says, plus one and Doc saying hello to everybody. Chuck Hunt continues to bring it when he talks about Austin for Ken Riley, Everson Wall. Yeah, that's a big deal, big deal. Uh, checking this out for those commenting. Let's get into our first break. We'll be right back. Stick with us. We got more dialogue to come. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fennoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fennoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you. At the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay Event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories. Everyone's con. See you there. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. 
standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Laville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Charles Bishop and A.D. Drew. The professors are in the building. Yeah, fellas, I'm here in Norfolk, man. As you see, we got the bay behind me, man. I went up there on the rooftop, chilled out for a minute. It's nice. It's nice. I'm just letting y'all know it's nice over here, Charles. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It's pretty, a pretty uh, area up there. We golfed up there the time. I love it. Yeah. You love it, Drew. It's nice around these parts. Yeah, I'm just saying it's nice. It's it's it's, it's nice till it's till it snow. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was talking about the Camille. I want no parts of that. So I got you. Let me go back to you, Charles. Let's get some more of this news out here. I'll talk a little bit more of what's going on before we get into this breakdown of this MEAC. Everybody wants to know your predicted order of finish, but we're gonna tease it out a little bit. Sure thing. Let's take a look at uh, what was in the news. Uh, NIL, name, image, and likeness. So a couple of HBCU athletes are high on the list uh, of NIL uh, uh, endorsements. But the highest ranking HBCU athlete on this list is Texas Southern swingman Shakir O'Neal, who is the son, of course, of Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, but according to uh, the website uh, On3NIL, uh, Shakir is, uh, is worth, according to this, uh, his value is about $1.4 million. Also on this list is Shadour Sanders, uh, who is uh, ranked 18th overall on the NIL list and 11th amongst uh, college football players. And, of course, this camps come to us from uh, HBCU game. They see we gave them tremendous uh, write-up on the NIL. And then also uh, on the list, of course, is Travis Hunter, top prospect in 2022 uh, recruiting class who also has a combined million followers. He just landed a deal with uh, Greenwood, which is an online banking platform that focuses on black and brown individuals and businesses. And not to be left out is also on the list is Shiloh Sanders, Shadua's brother. So uh, some HBC representation on this uh, top college athletes with regards to NIL deals. Let me ask you this while I got you. That's interesting. Me. Did that surprise you any level with Shaquille? I mean, O'Neal, in terms of his son being at the top of the list, Charles? Not at all. When you take a look at uh, what they mean as far as a, a social media platform as well, uh, all of these athletes have a tremendous number of followers. Uh, so their brand value is way up there right now, which, of course, is driving the NIL market. So, you know, companies and the individuals, they see this. So these are, are great individuals with regards to uh, brand endorsement. So uh, you can see why they're high on the list. I like the fact that you brought in understanding the social media platform so people understand what that does to your brand value and how that works with NIL. But let me get you in here, Drew, before I ask you to give your update of the news. I did want to get your thoughts in terms of was that any surprise you in terms of the order finish in terms of the NIL rankings? Or were you in line with Charles said in terms of understanding the social media value of your followers and things like that that's out there in that space? No, I think that's uh, I think that's right on time. What I found interesting is that uh, some of these top getters are sons of former athletes. Oh. You know, uh, Deion Sanders, Shaquille O'Neal, etc. And obviously, their last name plays a role in their. Uh, their name, image, and likeness value, in addition to the talent that they inherited from uh, from from their dad. So uh, I just like I said, I just found that was interesting. I like that because that legacy does create that brand, and we always talk about the value of your name. Or at least I tell that to my students. The understanding is they build their brand even in their marketplace in terms of students. So great point on understanding family legacy, brand names, and how that can provide you value and how do you make sure that you utilize a value that comes to you with that let me stick with you ad drew um go ahead and share additional news that you wanted to put out for but don't athletic but don't cook athletic director reggie theus uh responded finally responded to coach 
Deion Prime Sanders about the move of the game to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, and he says, quote, thank you, Deion, for the dash of publicity. That's great. And uh, this courtesy of uh, HBCU Sports. And uh, he said, thank you for the dash of publicity. That's great. Uh, criticizing the October 15th game between the teams, between from the game being moved from Daytona Beach to TIAA Bank Field, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Quote, I think he's brilliant. I mean, he brought national attention to the game that probably wouldn't have gotten national attention. And uh, and then he goes on to explain uh, one of the reasons that they moved the game was because of Biketoberfest, which draws over 100,000 people, motorcyclists, and a lot of those motorcyclists don't look like us. To Daytona for a for for a weekend. It's probably the next biggest event to, for the Daytona area outside of the uh, five hundred. So uh, with that, with a hundred thousand for the Biketoberfest, the ten thousand or so that would have possibly filled up Municipal Stadium there in Daytona, it, it just kind of made sense to move it up up the road for those who wanted to travel in. Obviously, hotels would be at a premium on that day. And last point, they do not own their stadium. That is not an on-campus stadium. They have to rent that stadium from the city of Daytona. So by moving the game to Jacksonville, Florida, and with the financial package that the city of Jacksonville put together, they are not paying rent. They're not paying for the police. They're not paying for the concession workers. They're not paying for all of that, all the different things that go with the daily operations of a football game. So essentially what this is uh, implied in this article is that this game is 100% profit, moving it to Jacksonville, Florida. That's a big deal when you Bethune Cookman and you're looking at finding ways to generate revenue. I thought his biggest premise is when he opened it up in terms of saying that he appreciates the marketability. That sometimes we don't realize the fact that you ask the question or challenge something, that it is not just negative because you asked the question. Now, I'm not mm. saying that there wasn't anything negative about it, but the fact and just general principle, sometimes you understand that the magnitude that you can bring to a situation even by asking the questions can provide one somebody to provide insights and ability uh, to spread the word in such a way that you drive interest um, and I know Drew was talking about the fact that in that region those HBCU fans that may not travel to Bethune-Cookman um, will be in a place where they can watch an HBCU game and the regionality of a lot of those fans uh, that may travel to their home games, all those teams are way of stuff for maybe, I think you said Albany um, in terms of that framework. So yeah, that's, that's interesting be the when you start, game. right, you start putting that together. So I think that's fascinating when you look at it. And I thought there was one more piece that stuck with me. And those that are familiar with the Bayou Classic have built this for years, where obviously this wouldn't be directly affected to most folks that are in the area, but to get a hotel, in the general vicinity, specifically in the city, because of bike a weekend, they require them to get a three-day stay. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you bring a team in there, now you can conducive and stay further away. So it couldn't be that, but that is something to consider in regards to the hotel additional cost that you certainly wouldn't want to do. But I think it's a balance in everything, and it's good to see that at least there was a rationale in terms of the decision made. And it wasn't made necessarily just to take advantage of Jackson State, with which some people may have thought it would look like that. So good with that. Wanted to jump in there, move forward a little bit, go back to you, Charles. What else is on your plate before we get into some of this MEAC with some of these players that you have and the coaches that a lot of people are interested in to see and that I will be doing a live show tomorrow right here in Norfolk. So tune in at nine o'clock in the morning. We'll give you at least an hour. We might uh, spread out a little uh, longer than that. And obviously that is nine o'clock Eastern time. I want to stress that. So for those central standard time folks that are used to follow us, that be uh, at 
eight o'clock. So we need you to get on up so we can get you that information and get to it. Uh, I did want to say this and get your thoughts on this probably before we get into this. Um, Hampton, the Colonial, dropped their predicted order of finish. And mm. Hampton was listed last uh, in that predicted order of finish. So um, I guess one thing you can say, there's nowhere to go but up. But in terms of their novel season, with the way they come in, there are not a lot of coaches at SISD that uh, think highly of uh, Hampton Pirates as they go into Colonial. So before you get any news, um, and we'll allow you to spin that off if you want to give that in the next segment. What are your thoughts in terms of Hampton Colonial and this inaugural season, particularly specific to what the coaches in SI, SIDs rank them, in this case, dead last of what, 13, 12, 13 teams in the Colonial? Yeah, we touched on it a little bit Tuesday. Uh, we thought that um, all three of us thought that it was going to be a bit of a rough go for Hampton in this uh, inaugural season in this uh, perennially tough conference. Even though uh, James Madison has bumped up the FBS, uh, you still have some uh, stalwart teams in CAA when you're talking about uh, Delaware, which has been a perennial FCS uh, uh, team in the playoffs and, and Monmouth and, being, and teams of that nature. So uh, it, it's going to be a rough go. And, uh, you know, I think Hampton will take their lumps early. But, you know, you just – you grow from lump. So, uh, I expect for this, you know, team to kind of grow within that conference and, and get stronger and for us to uh, be, become accustomed again to seeing Hampton football the way we knew it back when they were in the MEAC because I, I think this is a, a football-rich program uh, that has won before and they'll figure out a way to get it done again. Drew, I did want to get your thoughts on that in terms of Colonial Athletic Association, uh, in terms of membership of Hampton and where Hampton was picked in terms of this football season. And I'm not sure if a lot of folks really understand when you start looking at and those that did talk about A&T joining the conference, you heard a little bit more on that side in terms of the finances and the disparity between the overall budgets and how much that really resonates with those that understand, you know, traditionally the more that you have in your budget, the better your program could be. What are your thoughts on all these things, Drew? Well, First of all, the, uh, as a Tuskegee grad, you know, the only thing I'm focused on Hampton is them losing uh, week two to my <laughs> Tuskegee go with the Tigers. That's the only hey, thing man, I that's the only that's the only, that's the only thing I really care about. Don't with take that from them. Don't do that to them yet, Drew. Look, I look, I'm hey, you you already gotta go win the game in the CAA. I, I need to go ahead and make sure y'all don't win any uh non-conference game. We know why they shot at one. I said they might get one. You and you gave you gave them Tuskegee, didn't you? No, I'm oh, talking, about talking one about in the one in the colonial. Okay, because we because we all know everybody's giving them the Tuskegee game. So I'm I'm hoping Reggie has got the <laughs> uh, Golden Tiger ship back on track, and, and, and we got our teeth sharpened as uh and we yeah we sink that pirate ship up there across the bay from where you are right now, Doctor Cabello. That's that, y'all's hard thing. That's that's not the one. Thank you, Hampton. Thank you all for sending us Booker T. That's all I got to say. Good. About that. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously though, uh, you know it, it it is a struggle. You know if we are going to rub elbows with the Joneses and play with the Joneses, we have got to make sure that we are able to compete with the Joneses uh, f- financially. And, and honestly, because we are HBCUs. And we are we, we are coming in at a perceived deficit, you know. It does us no good just to get to whoever the, I don't even know who does, who's the uh, least funded team in the CAA. You may have that information readily available, but if we can't get our money to where we're at the middle of the pack or higher, we're gonna have a tough time in the CAA. Same thing when A and T comes over there next year. If they don't have their funding where they're going to be at least middle or upper portion of that within three to five years, it's going to be tough for A&T. One thing, since I did bring up A&T, and uh, I know we got to get to a uh, break, but I noticed Go A&T ahead. was picked first in the uh, Big South. Was that by attrition because all the top teams have left the Big South? Or did Ouch. they really? But did they really earn that number one uh, ranking? I'll leave it right there. We're going to go all break on that <laughs> one. Uh, you can set the internet of fire. This is Dr. Yeah. Inside of HBCU Sports Lab with Charles Bishop and A.D. Drew. 
Send the messages to AD Drew. To AD I, Drew. Send it to AD Drew. That was him. Yeah. At BCSN Drew on Twitter. <laughs> At BCSN Drew. I can take the heat. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back after this second break. You going to take the heat on that. <laughs> Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban Nerd Con Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting theurbannerdcon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. It's like a loot machine. All around town, trying to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Khalil's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Professor Bishop and visiting clinical Professor Drew in the building. Let's get into this MEAC. MEAC which is the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, will host its annual football media day presented by Cricket on Friday. That's tomorrow, the 29th, at the Hilton, the main Norfolk, uh, in downtown Norfolk, and at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, head coaches and two students from the MEAC, six football playing institutions will be in attendance. There will be a live show streamed on ESPN Plus, Plus, hosted by Tiffany Green and Jay Walker, as you know. Excited about this. MEAC football season kicks off Saturday, October, August the 27th with the MEAC Swag Challenge, which is Howard and Alabama State in terms of what goes on there. When you talk about Howard, you have none other than the head coaches getting you done in terms of what goes on there. That's Coach Larry Scott. Saw him for lunch today. He's pretty fired up, pretty excited. He thinks he's coming back with the football team that's ready to get into the football business. So it's interesting to see what that looks like. But let's get into a little more of some of these players that will be on display tomorrow to talk to you about what their plans and what their thoughts are on that football, starting it with Delaware State. Defense, offense, defense, you have linebacker Kamari Jackson. Wide receiver, you have Bassett Woodley. But Howard University, you got the quarterback on display. That's Quentin Williams, defensive mm-hmm. lineman, Darian mm-hmm. Broken Bird, I see Charles uh, liking what he hears about the quarterback there. We'll see what that means. Obviously, you have Coach Wilson over there at Morgan State as he brings in the defensive back, Bruce Maddox, and offensive lineman Dexter Carr. Norfolk State, for those that come out of the me, I can continue to follow us. You know about Dawson Olin. He's bringing back linebacker Marquise Hall and offensive lineman Colby Bird. North Carolina Central. Interesting, when you talk about a little bit of North, uh, you talk about Coach Trey Oliver. Uh, when you talk about bringing in a quarterback again, 
quarterback Davis <laughs> Richard, defensive back Brandon Carterington. Uh, it'd be interesting when you talk about North Carolina Central. Hadn't heard a lot of noise, but they quietly in the weed. People are forgetting. They finished second in the MEAC and had South Carolina State on the ropes in overtime. South Carolina State, to their credit, got it done. Don't want to take anything about them, but I'm talking more about the Eagles in regards to the talent they have, and that was a relatively young team. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Talking about a young team, you go to Coach Pugh over there at South Carolina State. I think they were ahead a year ahead of schedule in terms of what they got done in the MEAC, certainly mm-hmm. what they did in the Celebration Bowl, but they bring in quarterback Corey Fields, defensive end Jablonski Green, very talented uh, um, defensive end. Many people think that he's going to continue the legacy of what South Carolina State has done of sending players to the NFL. He may be the next one in line to get it done and get to the NFL and be a star of all things. So of the 12 players here, six teams, three of them, half of them are quarterbacks. So fascinating to see what that looks like when you talk about all the things out of there. Obviously, with Delaware State, we want to make sure we shout out Kenny Carter, Coach Carter on there in terms of what he getting done in the legacy of Delaware State as alumni coming back. He's fired up and ready. He thinks he has a little team. Lost some close games there, but uh, he thinks he's turning it over. So it's going to be fascinating to see, can Delaware State take that next step? Enough of what I've said. Let me go to Charles first and get his breakdown in terms of me at. First thing I want you to talk about before we get into the coaches, let's start with the players. Mm-hmm. Who are you looking to hear from and why in terms of the players that are on display today? Let well, me know you your know, thoughts. When I kind of t- took a look at some of, I think, the games that are, are, are you know, really standing mm-hmm. out for me, that SWAT MEAC uh, uh, game to start things out with Howard and Alabama State is going to be really interesting. Uh, Alabama State brings in uh, a quarterback from Auburn, Demetrius Davis. We all know about him here in Houston. But Howard uh, with Quentin Williams uh, and have a running back who's sneaky great uh, in terms of Jared Hunter. I think, believe he was second team all MEAC. So this is an interesting matchup to me because it kind of, kind of, you know, I'm, I'm very curious about Howard kind of, you know, sneaking their way into the MEAC in terms of, of being a team to kind of watch out for. So, uh, did, he, did he say Yeah, sneak? yeah. I, I, you know, they're, 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 they're intriguing to me. I'll put it that way. I'll put it that way. But I, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, – because the MEAC to me is uh, – you talk about parity. You talk about six teams. It's hard to predict who's who and what's what. Uh, when we get to those predictions, I, I, I really had a real difficult time – uh, seeding those teams, you know, one through six, because I, I think, you know, there are some teams that can really upset the apple cart. I got to looking at what was on Delaware State's roster. Offensively, not much, but God, they got so many guys on the first and second team defense. I looked the whole linebacking core, second team MEAC, uh, a preseason all MEAC. So it, it's, it's intriguing when you kind of look at this conference from top to bottom. And they like to run to the ball. Drew, let me let you jump in here. Again, your thoughts on the players, then we'll come back and rewind and ask some questions about some coaches, see what perspective you go there. But who in terms of these players have you excited in terms of what you want to hear what they have to say? Davius Richard, North Carolina Central. Uh, Last year year at the BX SWAC Challenge, he impressed the hell out of me. He impressed the hell out of SWAC because no one, and I repeat, no one had Central competing in that game, let alone winning that game. And Richard tore Alcorn apart. Now, granted, Alcorn was coming off of a year away from football. But even still, Richard really impressed me in that particular game. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what, what Central has to offer. And they... Right away, the first two weeks, they could win the state of North Carolina. They've got A and T out the mm. game, followed by Winston Salem. Good call. Good call. They could go and set their set their place in the state of North Carolina and say, "Hey, y'all, y'all need to watch us." So mm. I'm really interested to see what Central does, and I'm really going to be interested keeping a a side eye on the uh, Aggie Eagle Classic. 
You yeah. just really upsetting all these Aggie fans today, aren't you? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. Is Jamie Jamie Walker is not intentional, it's, but I'm just calling when I'm seeing when I'm feeling right here, right here, right here over the seat. In this get him, man, get you better him, put on your protective helmet, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, is always Jamie, uh, as he will be doing the show with with me tomorrow. He's scheduled to come in the morning, um, so wanted to give him a little shout out in terms of. Uh, making his way down there, excited about doing that. But good points to that. Let me get back to you. Stay what you're doing. I'm going to come back to you, Charles, because I want to get your perspective on the coaches. Is it too early uh, to put anybody on the hot seat in the MEAC in terms of coaches? And if that's not the case, what coach are you looking at to maybe take the next step? Whether it's, you know, going from second place in terms of, as you said, uh, North Carolina Central in terms of what Trey Oliver is able to do? Or is it Dawson Odom uh, that kind of started off really hot and had everybody's imagination? Can he turn it around, you know, in terms of what that looks like? Uh, you talked about the Miak Swack Challenge. Uh, is Scott, in terms of Larry Scott, ready to get it done? So I'm interested to see what your thoughts on that. Go ahead, Charles. Uh, in terms, I don't think it's never too early to talk about high seats because that's the nature. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the nature of what we what, what we uh, analyze now. So uh, fans expect you to turn things around ASAP. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's always a high seat. Uh, but uh, in terms of making the next step, God, that is a tough, tough challenge uh, because I look at uh, both Dawson Owens and Trey Oliver in terms of how their programs are ascending. And, and now you have Morgan State uh, uh, in terms of their coach uh, coming over from Bowie State. Uh, you know, if he can turn things around. And we've seen the instant turnaround. So, it, you know, it's not beyond yeah. the realm of possibility. But for me, I think it comes down to uh, can Dawson Odoms get over the hump um, in terms of uh, getting over – what I think is a clear favorite is South Carolina State. Like you mentioned, they were a year ahead of schedule. Uh, those were babies last year, and they, they can call themselves Black College National Champions. But you talk about the triplets that they have, and Corey Fields, uh, a specimen, and Shaq Davis, and then also Kendra Flowers at running back. And then they have three guys, you know, talk all MEAC, offensive linemen, nine starters coming back on defense. Oh, boy. But – you know, this is what makes it fun. This is what makes it fun because, like you said, Norfolk State had them on words. So, will we see the trilogy, A.D., true trilogy in terms of Jackson State, South Carolina State? We saw that last year. Do they do it again to close out this season and then kick things off the following year in the MEX Fight Challenge? Will we see oh. this trilogy in terms of what that looks like? Or will somebody upset the Albuquerque? And in this case, I know it's not fair to you because I know – what you're looking at in terms of that Labor Day weekend, stand it aside because we're not talking about the SWAC. FAMU has moved over. They're not in the MEAC. We're focused on the MEAC. So is there anybody in the MEAC that can knock South Carolina State off the pedestal in terms of the coaches? Uh, honestly, probably, probably not. Uh mm-hmm. The one team, like I said, that I think may be able to upset the Apple card, which which would be central, they, uh, South Carolina State has them has them at home. You, you give you give that game to Central yeah. at home. That may, that that may be something that uh, that you could possibly uh, consider. But let's think about it. They've got Central at home. They got Delaware State at home. They got they've got Norfolk at home. So their hardest games are at home in Orangeburg this year. Advantage South, uh, South Carolina State. Coach on the hot seat. You asked about coach on the hot seat. I would have to say Rob Milstead would be the one I would put on the hot seat in, in the BAC uh, fifth year. Has not had a, a winning record. Matter of fact, last time Delaware State had a winning record was in 2012. So you know, the cycle of a coach, normally you give you give them a full recruiting class. The full recruiting class this fifth year is this year. So if I have to put somebody on the hot seat, I would have to say Rod Millstead could potentially be on the hot seat. He's been close to 500. One of your own. Couple, 
had a couple Ooh. of five or six uh, seasons, but well, I take it back. He's only had one five or six season. Everything else has been uh, twice as many losses as wins. And Drew, let me give him the helmet back again. Now you got the Hornets of Delaware State <laughs> reddening something on the head. But I did ask the question. If there's anybody, you're probably right. He's probably the one that's closest to it. Uh, so we'll see what that is. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Charles, save that. We'll put a pin on it. We'll bring you right back, get you into it, get your predicted order to finishes. But I want to hear what you have to say. Stick with us after our last break. Appreciate you. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love laugh and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Charles Bishop and A.D. Drew. Into our final segment, let's get into this predicted order of finish. But before we do that, I know, Charles, you had your circle motion there. I think you wanted to tell us about some games we need to keep our eyes on. What was on your mind? Did I read this- that right? Yeah, I think it was some 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 good MIAC games that I really circled that I thought would be uh, everybody should kind of keep their eyes on. I, I mentioned the, the first one, Howard uh, Alabama State uh, uh, MIAC Swag Challenge. That's going to be a huge one. Two great quarterbacks playing in that game when you talk about Howard's quarterback, Quentin Williams, and then Demetrius Davis from Alabama State. But then as I kind of kept perusing uh, along the schedule here, Hampton and Norfolk State, Battle of the Bay. <laughs> we talked about Hampton, uh, you know, um, taking their lumps in the CAA, but, you know, you get an opportunity to exact a little bit of MEAC, old MEAC revenge uh, playing Norfolk State. That'll be week four, September 17th. South Carolina State goes to North Carolina A&T. That's going to be the following week, September 24th. That's going to mm-hmm. be a, a really interesting matchup to see, you know, best of the MEAC and then Big South. Uh, somebody gets a little bit of bragging rights. Florida A&M people tell me this is going to be the Celebration Bowl preview. Florida A&M goes to South Carolina State. Uh, that game is October 8th. That'll be week seven. So to keep an eye out for that game, circle that one. Big one. And I think a lot of SWAC fans have their eyes on October 27th. There'll be a lot of homecoming games. I know uh, in the state of Mississippi, everybody will have a homecoming game that weekend. But over in the MEAC, this is going to be huge with North Carolina Central at South Carolina State. Uh, this could be for the Celebration Bowl that, that weekend in terms of uh, who gets the uh, the leg up on who will be in the Celebration Bowl. Uh, we take a look at it last year. Uh, South Carolina State was able to get that 27-24 win over North Carolina Central. So I think that'll be huge. So uh, you got some games that I think are just going to be huge over there in the MEAC. October 22nd is the one that I really circled. I think that'll be for whole ball wax. 
Yeah, and with five games, you just don't have a lot of room for error in terms of the exactly. matchup. Um, and I like what North Carolina Central is coming back. But to your point, some of their toughest games, Norfolk State, are what you would perceive South Carolina State are on the road. But let me go to you, Drew. What, what are some of the matchups that have your attention right now? Obviously, the Howard Morehouse uh, matchup, week three, uh, I believe that's it. Uh, that's in New York, if I if I uh, recall that correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, but also, the, it's just the Howard schedule. They've got two Ivy League schools. They travel to Yale and host Harvard. So you know the Howard schedule, non-conference schedule, is intriguing to me. Also, of uh, note, Virginia Lynchburg plays four of the six schools in the BAC this year. So artificial records. You, 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 you know, you, you just got to put it out there. You know, Virginia Lynchburg is everybody, if it's everybody's date for prom. So it's going to be interesting because everybody talks about the Howard and Hampton, the Battle of the Real HU. What does that look like in terms of this Diddy type of thing? I think both of these programs might be in a rude awakening and they <laughs> talk about Harvard and Yale. When you talk about taking it up a level, <laughs> both of them might learn a thing or two. And since Howard is playing, it's going to be fascinating to see. It's like, oh, this is what it means to really be, you know, half looting. I'll put it that word. I won't. I don't want to use the word sadidi. But with that being said, let me get to the big piece of the puzzle that everybody's looking for. Drew, what is your predicted order of finish for the MEAC at this time as you see it? Let's go. Uh, let's go bottom up. Yes. Let's, top up. Number six, I, number six, I've got Delaware State coming in at number six. Ooh-wee. No wonder you got him on the hot seat. <laughs> coming, oh. coming, coming in at number five, uh, and, and, and this one is tough for me to put, put him down here at number five, but I've got Morgan coming in at number five. Just don't know if Wilson's going to be able to get it done in his first year. You know, it's going to take him a while to get get in, get get some players in there. Uh, kind of took the job a little bit later on in the spring. So uh, I've got Morgan coming in at number five, Howard coming in at, at number four, Norfolk coming in at three, Central at two, and mm. South Carolina State uh, still will be the class of the MEAC. All right, so it looks like uh, interesting. You got South Carolina State coming out of the mid, returning to the celebration mode. Can they make it two in a row? Let's go to Charles and see what he thinks in terms of the MEAC. Starting with number six. What number six. Number six, I got Morgan State. I think um, uh, AD touched on it, uh, Damon Wilson coming in when he did uh, a little uh, late in the process. And that Morgan State offense was kind of putrid last year. So unless – you know, they have completely churned out that roster on the offensive side. It's going to be tough for them uh, over in this very tough conference. I got Morgan State at six. I got Delaware State at five, even though they're going to be a tough five. It's kind of like a Mississippi Valley, kind of a, a tough out uh, when you talk about their defense. I got Howard coming in at four. The top three, man, I, I struggled with uh, North Carolina Central and Norfolk State, but I'm going to go with the fighting Dawson Odoms coming in at number two, the North Carolina Central at three. So Central at three, uh, Norfolk State, Spartans, behold green and gold at two. And South Carolina State, I think, will represent the MEAC again in the Celebration Bowl. Nine players coming back on defense, the triplets on offense. Uh, you're talking about a team that you mentioned to Dr. Bill. They were probably a year ahead of schedule. Uh, last year, but they got some interesting games out there on the schedule that I'm really going to keep an eye out. That A&T game is one that, that really has me intrigued out of conference game, uh, but uh, I can you, you get an opportunity to just kind of assess the strength of this team. Not only that, but they got three road graders on the offensive line, so it, it, that's going to be a real fun team to kind of keep an eye on this upcoming season. They got FAMU at home. Hmm which has historically been a test matchup for the road. Lately, FAMU has got over that hump. But they got South, they got Bethune-Cookman on the road. And that's been one, if you followed me at, that's yeah. one that has always tripped them up mm-hmm. uh, over the years. So you're right. It's going to be fascinating. I do like the way that you said North Carolina A&T. 
That's going to be fascinating. Before I give mine, I saw Drew wanted to add something else to the puzzle. Go ahead. No, you 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 actually just hit what I was going to say because the outside of the uh, BX Swag Challenge, those are the only two crossover games between the two conferences, and South Carolina State just happens to play those other two games uh, with Bethune on the road and Fam and FAMU at home. That was the point that I was going to bring out. So you've got three games between the SWAC and the MEAC. So we we we'll see who wins the regular season series prior to the Celebration Bowl. I like what y'all had to say about North Carolina Central. I thought they had the big win last year, and in a lot of ways, they had probably one of the toughest losses uh, when they went on the road to Mississippi Valley. And mm. we didn't find out until the end of the year that that wasn't necessarily a bad loss to Valley in terms of how much they had changed and turned around that program. But I think in a lot of ways, after that loss, people kind of lost sight of North Carolina Central. And all they finished strong because they didn't, you know, get it done against South Carolina State. I think they were kind of one of those hidden jewels. But, but they were in the race the last week, though. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm like, going into, I don't remember a lot of folks talking about it, you know, yeah. except for yourself, you know, me that kind of focused on it. But I'm saying generally, most folks were so focused on Norfolk State and South Carolina State. And even though Norfolk State had by uh, the last game of the season had pretty much played themselves out. Mm. Central had a chance to make a statement to make sure they finished solidly by second. But by the end, basically, South Carolina State had wrapped it all up because of what Norfolk State did with their loss. So to your point, it was fascinating when you kind of hindsight 2020 look at it and see what went on there. Again, let me give you this last breakdown. I like to give the records, see what you think there. Uh, anything I see you, Charles? What's what's what they what they say? Are they saying something in the comments? Huh? I'm actually laughing because it's it's a total Houston thing, but I got a trail ride like riding oh. like past my window. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that. I looked up and no, I was on horse. You got a tailpost. Houston trail ride literally in your neighborhood coming out. It happens, folks. It happens, and he lives in Houston, not in the suburbs. With that being said, let's start at number six. I do have Morgan State. Um, I had put this out before he told me, but something told me about it. He only had 45 players uh, for spring practice, total changeover. The kids are bought in, so they're going to fight, and they're going to upset somebody, but I'm not sure it's enough. I got them just at two wins overall, two and nine, tough season, and 0 and 5 in the conference. Might get one somewhere, but I'm trying to figure out where it comes because I got a little more faith in Delaware State. Um Five and six can't quite get over the hump in terms of getting the 500. Just one and four in terms of the conference rates. At number four, tied in terms of the overall record is five and six, but I see them at number three in terms of the conference. Sitting at two and three is Howard Bison. They do not turn the curve, can't get over 500. I think the game that may decide whether they get the 500 is going to be the opening game in the MEA Swag Challenge to see whether they can flip it from five and six or six and five. At number three, I have North Carolina Central. I do have them with a winning record at six and five. I think they get a major victory in that North, the Duke Mayo Classic in terms of A&T, but it's not going to be enough to propel them. And I think most of this is based on the fact, not because of the talent, but I think the schedule is just not in favor. Those tough road games are going to be a little too much to overcome. So I see them at three and two in the conference. And number two, I have Norfolk State Spartans, seven and four overall, four and one, and can't get it done on the road is what's going to cost them uh, as they play South Carolina State. I see not South Carolina State going to the celebration bowl with a nine and two record, so a much more respected record. What they did last year, a lot of folks are going to be hard and heavy is the head of the crowd, and it'll be able to interest the seat how they play uh, with a 9-2 record and coming in with a lot more people thinking highly of South Carolina State Bulldogs with uh, other than what they did last year and kind of surprising folks. So I have them 5-0 in the conference race, so it's going to be interesting to see what South Carolina State gets done and to see how close I am on my predictions as well as you all. You know, folks will be out there, and they'll quickly remind us if we don't hit it head to head. But that's what we do in terms of prognosticators. We get out there on the limb and not just as fans. We break it down. We do the numbers and we put it out on the table and we come back 
And if it's not right, we'll tell you why it's not right because we're going to watch the games and be able to tell you what's going on. But did want to share that. Get up in the morning with us if you can. 8 o'clock, tune in. We'll be ready to give you some updates in terms of what that looks like right here in Hampton, Virginia for the MEAC Football Media Day 2022. Things kick off at 9 o'clock Eastern. That's 8 o'clock Central. I want to say thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Khalil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Again, I want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watts, Charles Bishop, and as our guest, clinical professor A.D. Drew, every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. And again, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning as we give you a special insight of the MEAC Football Media Day. Follow me as on Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L with Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. As Charles uh, with his swelled self of knocking down those 30 pounds, we're going to congratulate him and shout him out as he looks at the trail, wide, trail ride passing through. That's funny. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, uh, inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. Follow me. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, as we said. Look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the news. But make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. A.D. Drew? Lecture. Dismissed. We'll holler.